Hi there, I'm Nick DeRosso, and welcome to Inside the Leadership Cryptex podcast, the show where I talk to business leaders and industry experts working in or in association with the property, real estate, and building industries. Now, to give you a little insight into what a Cryptex is, Perhaps you've heard of the book by Dan Brown called The Da Vinci Code. Well, this is where the cryptics made its debut as a portable vault used to hide secret messages. Therefore, Inside the Leadership Cryptics is an apt title for my podcast. Please join me for a fun, straight-talking and authentic chat with some super interesting people where I unlock the secrets to their career success, their ups and downs, their daily habits and the path that led them to where they are today. How do they balance their work, family relationships, physical and mental well-being, and both personal and financial growth. I also uncover their goals for the future, along with some industry commentary and insights. I really do hope you're able to take something useful away from the conversations. And now, on with the show. Hi there, I'm your host, Nick DeRosso, and in today's episode, I'm very happy to be speaking with Paula West, the General Manager of Inspired Homes. I've been fortunate enough to have known Paula for many years, having even worked with her some time ago. She is a truly inspirational leader in the building industry, not only in WA, but around Australia. Paula is an accomplished member of Master Builders Association of Western Australia, serving as Deputy Chair of Housing Council. She has been in the building and construction industry for over 35 years and is the first female builder board member of MBAWA and a board member of the Construction Training Fund. Paula is also an MBA National Jobs and Skills Counselor, where she works to create opportunities and build capacity across the sector. As an ambassador for Women Building Australia, Paula is committed to promoting diversity and inclusion in the industry. Her commitment to excellence and passion for driving positive change make her a valuable asset to the industry and is a true advocate and ambassador for women in the building industry. You will learn how she started on her path in the building industry from the young age of six years old, being inspired by none other than Mike Brady, who was an architect on the show, The Brady Bunch, and how she used this concept of being able to work from home and raise a family to craft not only a long-term career, but to bring up a magnificent close-knit family with her husband. She talks about mentoring and those she sought out to help grow her career, and how she now enjoys doing the same for those seeking a career in the building industry. Paula shares a truly passionate, open and honest account of her career, and is a true inspiration for women of all ages in the building industry. I truly do hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Paula. Welcome to the show. Hi, Nick. How are you going? <laughs> I'm great. I'm, I'm so excited that you're able to join. I know we've, uh, we've tried a couple of times because you're like super busy right now. Um, I mean, the building industry is nuts. So I'm going to throw to you and ask you to give a little bit of a rundown of you know your role where you are now um and then i'm gonna just hit with some questions so so far away paula all right so i suppose to let you know a little bit about me those that don't know i've been in the building and construction industry for over 35 years i entered the industry in the field of a diploma of architecture which back in the day used to be called an art dip art um and i worked for architects both in sydney and in perth uh, before joining one of um, perth's major uh, builders, and I was there for over 22 years. I'm currently the general manager of Inspired Homes, which is a, a building company. Um, and yeah, love every minute of it. I've kind of um, the customer experience has always been something that has been important to me, and certainly been a key focus, especially trying to navigate through the latest challenges over the last three years. Um, I'm also 
honoured to be on the Master Board Association WA board as the first elected um, female board member. So that was a great honour. And I'm also the Vice Chair of the Master Builder Association Housing Council and the National Representative for West Australia on the Jobs and Skills Advisory Council. Uh, further to that, I also sit on the Construction Training Fund Board. And I, on that board, I'm fortunate enough to be able to work with industry and government in the planning for future apprenticeships and opportunities and innovations um, to not only meet the demands of the industry, but to plan pathways to align for future jobs uh, that our industry will need. Uh, and um, I'm also extremely proud to be the Women Building Australia Ambassador for Western Australia. Um, yeah, that's a, a huge challenge, but um, certainly one we're heading in the right direction, especially with um, the, I suppose, the statistics being so low of women in our industry, both nationally and in Western Australia. Um, and then to target in on that, um, increasing the percentage of women as apprentices in our industry as well. So a lot of things that um, I am involved in, but I'm very passionate about the industry. And, and I think that if we can um, open up opportunities for others um, and make it a smoother transition, because um, when I entered, it um, was certainly a, a challenge. I was the only female in, I suppose, everything I did. Um, both in the course in Brick Lane, because um, we did a whole lot of courses um, associated with um, your field back then. I don't think they do that now. When they do a course, I don't think you get a taste of everything. Um, but it certainly um, was an experience and I suppose gave me the foundation and the grounding that I've got as a skill set today. Well, that's um, amazing, Paul. I mean, look, I've been fortunate to have known you for many, many years and worked with you as well um, as a leader in this industry and uh, someone I've admired for some time. And that the rundown of what you've just gone through is uh, a credit to you um, in the industry. It is a tough gig um, in the building industry. Um, how did you decide i know i only had just over 30 years or so you went for the 35 years in the industry so how did you decide to follow this path i mean and, and i want to touch on this because i know you're very passionate about not only leadership but women in this industry and leading them i mean you are you know certainly someone that people wanting to aspire to should follow how did you get started in such a male dominated industry and we're talking 35 years ago and it really was so I've always been up for a challenge, but it's quite interesting. My story, my story started when I was six years old. So um, we used to always watch the Brady Bunch, and I loved that Mike Brady yeah. worked from home as an architect. Yes, and right. one thing that I always wanted, I always wanted to bring up my own children. I never wanted to miss that opportunity of missing out on anything as a, as a mother and as a parent. So I watched Mike Brady work from home and he was involved in his children and the upbringing and he could still work. And I just saw at such a young age that you could do both. So I set my sights on that pretty early. Um, but I was always, when I talked to my mum, I was always building stuff. I was always drawing stuff. I mean, the building blocks. I, I, I was making towers with saucepans and Tupperware back in the day. So there must have been something there um, that I was in my genes that I was tapping into, but that was always my pathway. So when I went to um, school, I picked all the courses that could get me um, into that pathway. 
And um, it was actually work experience that really cemented that for me because mm-hmm. back in the day, in year 10, you'd go to work experience and you'd have one week and I was fortunate enough to um, uh, go to a company that um, was very well recognised then and, um, and I did so well in that first week and I was so proud of what I was achieving and I loved it so much that they asked the principal if I could stay on for another week and then another week. So I ended up being there for three weeks and um, got an amazing reference um, for, of my experience there. And then I just, that was it. I just wanted to have uh, do that role um, and follow that pathway. And that's what I, exactly what I did. And I'm proud to say that I um, did work from home on the drawing board back in the day and um, never missed a school tuck shop duty, a roster, sports carnival. I just balanced it. Um, and I feel like I've, I've achieved everything I wanted to and the career pathway that went with that as well. You certainly have. And not only that, the thing that I noticed, obviously, <clears throat> my role now in recruiting for the same industry, building and real estate, I see a lot of people, and it's called job hopping, and, and now in the, the generation coming through now, it's a normal thing, you know, but for someone like yourself to, you know, okay, you've had really only three main roles here over 35 years, you know, I can see five or six sometimes in less than six years, you know, so what is it that you had a passion, but you've also had some great businesses you've worked at as well. Um who was it the people that inspired you to to keep going on such such a I guess a, a rough path? Yeah. And it probably leads to um one of the mentoring um aspects that I'm heavily involved in now because mentoring is really important and you don't have to be part of a a structured mentoring program. So I have always sought out people that inspired me and I watched them from a distance and I was fortunate enough to have a lady that was in the industry as a general manager um, and the ceiling was certainly glass for me but it was concrete for her so she was a generation before me Mm. so I watched her at a distance for a really long time and I could see all the challenges that she she went through and and um, you know I would I would process and analyze how I would how, how, how I would handle that and how I would, um, if that happened to me, how, how would I um, tackle that? Um, and it's quite interesting because about 10 years ago, I met with this lady and I let her know that I'd been watching her from a distance. And um, she was so proud and I learned so much from her um, and we still keep in touch now. So, um, yeah, but I think seeking out people that are, um, are doing things that you aspire to be Mm. Uh, watching them or even approaching them and saying, um, you know, I've, I've, I want to go down that pathway. Um, how, how can, what guidance or what um, advice would you give me? And you'd be very surprised because the sisterhood of women in the industry are always trying to help others make it a smoother transition um, because, you know, we, we've got to set that future and make it easier for women to come come through because considering we only have... Um, what nationally, fourteen point five percent of women in the construction industry, and only eight point three as apprentices. And in WA, we're bucking the trend a little bit, but that's been through a lot of hard work over the last three years and an awareness program and and mentoring. Um, in WA, we're seventeen point five percent of women in the construction industry, and nine percent of women are in are apprentices. But we've still got a long way to go, considering women 
make up you know, nearly 50% of the population, there's great opportunity for women um, and even diversity. I mean, there's, there's opportunities, you know, for mature age, mature age um, women and, and, and males too getting back, getting in the industry because a lot of people have left um, and they've got great opportunities now to get back because there's a skill set there that the new generation really need or can learn from as well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the, the um, job hopping is certainly something that the new generation are, um, uh, are doing. Um, and it, it's, I suppose it's, we've got to look at it that it is a way um, of the future and how do we tackle that. And if that job, job hopping goes from one skill set to another skill set, if we can control that and keep it in our industry, um, it is actually benefiting everybody and everyone's getting a skill set. Because I understand that, you know, culture and everybody um, wants to, wants something out of an environment that they're spending so many hours in. Mm. Um, and no two people are going to want the same outcome. Yeah. Um, I think COVID has really helped with the flexibility. People have now adjusted businesses to be able to um, create more flexibility. People know that working nine to five, five days a week, a business can get more um, benefit and productivity and people get more balance yeah. um, with flexibility. So that's a really big shift over the last three years. And I think we're in that transition period. We just now need to tweak and nurture that to make that work uh, for the new generations, for innovation, um, and making sure those skill sets get passed down as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the real estate, property and building industry certainly has, I mean, it's suffered, but it's also, I feel, grown over COVID. And it, there are so many opportunities there that it can evolve um, if the change is embraced. And I don't believe in change for the sake of it, but certainly there is opportunity. Um, you know, and certainly the nine to five has Change. I don't know if it's got longer or shorter, but it's just different. So, I mean, how does your day start? When we only chatted yesterday, you were telling me about how many things you've got coming up, and it sounds like you're going to be on a lot of planes as well. But what what does your day look like? When does it start, and and when does it end? Yeah. So I'm a really conscious planner. So I I pretty much plan my year. I I I can see what's coming through the whole year. And then every month I zone into that. And then every week on a Sunday night, I zone into to the week what I have to achieve. So um, I'm also a grandmother of two. So after being married for 38 years, I could proudly say, you know, the two kids that we've got, we have two grandchildren as well. So um, I've now got an added, um, I suppose, wonderful role of balancing um, grandchildren. So... I, you know, make sure I get to swimming and I make sure I get to the dancing and um, so I now incorporate that. So what a week will look like for me is um, I may spend a weekend preparing for my week to make my week run smoother. Um, I, If I have to do a drop-off or a pick-up with the grandchildren, then I incorporate that into my day. Um, I do have to fly over to nationals um this coming week for jobs and skills. Mm -hmm. um, now, this weekend, um, I'll be preparing papers and documents. So I suppose the added advantage I've got now is the children are both married and, and have their own families. So I don't have that at home. I, you know, my husband and I kind of um, plan our um, weekends 
around each other and um, we have hobbies that we like to do independently mm-hmm. um, and then I target into while well, he's doing his hobbies to my hobby and passion is building construction. So <laughs> I doing a lot of prep and reading um, for boards and, and things like that so then my, then my week can run really smooth. And then I've always got nights um, to catch up if I find something falls behind or I've got deadlines I need to meet. So mm. it definitely is about the planning for me. If, if it's not planned, it's not going to run smoothly. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great advice. Now, you've um, inspired homes seven years. What's the team look like there that you sort of, you know, work with? Yeah, so we're quite a, a small team. Um, when I started, it was a small business. We did grow to a medium business. Mm. Um, the team is, um, I suppose we work very closely with each other. So I'm in every, every department. I'm a real hands-on general manager. So if things will escalate to me. But what I do is empower and train um, the staff to be able to make informed decisions. And if they get um, staff or need advice, um, they know I'm only phone call away or usually they fix something to me and then I've got an answer or a guidance um, with them. I can have supervisors ring me and say, which I had yesterday, um, you know, we need some assistance with a matter that's happened on site. What are our options? I said, well, we can do this, do this, do this. Let's have a look at it, break it down. We self-ordered it as a team and came up with the best solution. So as we know, building construction, things are always going to pop up. Mm. You need to obviously make informed decisions um, for the best um, solution to be able to move forward with it. Um, but, yeah, everyone, I try to engage people that are multitasked, so multi-skilled. So then um, as work moves in through different departments, people can then move with that work. Um, so that's something that I've um, always kind of right been conscious of. Um, if they've got more than one um, role skill, um, that's something that I really tap into. And customers, getting customer service and customer focus, it's got to be number one. And especially in the last few years, it's been really, really hard to meet the expectations with timeframes and product and everything. But it's all about the communication. And you can only, I mean, I'm ringing clients at all hours of the night sometimes just to make sure they're getting communication and they're not being left out. Um, unaware of what's happening with um, delays and product coming into the country. Yeah, yeah. I think that's um, if you continue that level of customer service, <clears throat> then you and that is seen um, from the leader as well throughout the business. It's always a top-down approach, um, in my view. And it's the other thing. What I found in speaking to a lot of leaders recently is some of them during COVID lifted the game, all right, because all of a sudden. There may not have been as many clients to talk to, but the, the staff were still there, and it's about them being your client. How, how did you manage through that? Because I know you were there through all that process, and obviously the company would have gone through challenges, the industry did as well, plus you've got your own staff. What did you do differently during that period that you've now continued through to now, or did it really change much for you? Well, for us, it's always been about customer experience. So it's the experience the customer goes through from the moment they engage with us um, right through to handover. So there's certain things that we do to keep um, a, a, a client engaged and aware. Um, with the challenges, I took on a lot of um, personal communications myself because, um, as you can appreciate, the consumer is very frustrated in the, in the last few years um, and, you know, even the way um, consumers communicate sometimes hasn't, you know, come across um, as 
um, as you would like to it to have been with your um, staff. So there's a few different elements here. Um, one, nurturing the staff to be able to get through those communications um, without um, you know, mental health problems because there's yeah. been a lot of mental health problems over the last three years in every industry. Um, so I personally took that on myself. I communicated with every client on the price um, reviews, um, met with them, gave an opportunity to meet, um, et cetera, um, and, and we've kind of kept that communication. I'm con I continue to communicate. when you Because when you've got something so passionate and a house is, is the biggest thing that consumers going to build, it's really personal. So, you know, you want to be talking to, um, you, you want to keep escalating up to you talking to the, the one at the top. So we've just removed that frustration and um, just do that as part of our everyday yeah. um, on certain matters that are, um, you know, very personal and passionate to a, a client. So um, documentation and portals and all those type of things um, still remain, but we've just made a more, I suppose, open and accessible to our clients. Yeah, fantastic. Now you mentioned some statistics, and thank you for that, around the lady women in the industry. Um, and I know you're very passionate about that, and you've mentioned being the ambassador of the Women's Building Australia. What is something the industry can do that, I know encouraging them is a very open word, and yes, we want to encourage them into the industry, but something we spoke about a little while ago was making women feel safe in the industry. Um, now, how do we do that? Is that, do you think, something that is stopping women? Um, and it's a big topic and it's way longer than our, our session. But is there any, like, I don't know. I mean, you, you certainly have been in this space for a long time. And, yes, it has increased. Um, what are your thoughts on that? What can be done? So there's a few different elements that come with that. So um, getting uh, the younger generation into the industry starts at school when they biggest mentor and guidance are your parents. Mm. So um, awareness and communication um, with students at school is really important um, to make the parents feel safe that their children are going into a safe industry. Um, the safety in, in the building and industry um, has improved certainly over the last few years, especially with the influx of regulations and work safe legislation. So make it more comfortable and safe for women um, to work on building sites has certainly been a focus. Mm. Um, and you can see that shifting and changing. I was travelling down the freeway today and as we know, the freeway in Perth has always got new roads happening. Yeah. Um, but it was really lovely to see um, toilet blocks too, one for women and one for men. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, Whereas you go before and no one would take jobs and they're so close to a McDonald's where there's close to a toilet and if you'd ever walked into some of those toilets on site, you'd open the door and walk back out again. So yeah. it starts with the little things mm. um, and there's some really good, government's done some really good um, media campaign on awareness around, um, you know, teaching your sons on, on being respectful to women from mm. a very young age. And that's a fantastic campaign that's on television at the moment and it was yeah. encouraging to see that getting so much traction. But that also filtrates into um, the building industry as well and on site. I remember the first time I went on site um, and um, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't eat a banana or you wouldn't eat anything because you would just constantly be 
copy. Um, and and you're meant to give it back. Yeah. Um, times have changed so much now that you shouldn't have to give it back. Um, and I think that awareness and the campaigns that are happening have certainly um, given awareness to that space. And it's almost like now you go to a site and if somebody tries something like that, um, the other guys on site are saying, hey, mate, pull your head in. And, yeah. and that's fantastic to see because you go back 10 years and that would never happen. So true. So it's certainly shifting um, and the, the safe space, um, it's wonderful to see that change. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a really good opportunity now for um, students to follow that pathway into trades or apprentices um, instead of the university paths. You know, some everyone's not set up for the university mm. and you can earn just as much money through a trade um, or the corporate world in the industry. Um, and you know, the chance of opening your own business are, um, you know, there as well. So yeah, it's absolutely. just making, it's giving that criteria to people to get that um, awareness to make those informed decisions. Mm, and yeah. there is a, there's a really good website on the Young Women Building Australia platform that actually has um, career opportunities and pathways and there's a booklet that can be downloaded um, and that, that gives some really good insight. Yeah. What was that one again, Paula? I'll make a note of that. Uh, Women Building Australia website, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's actually called, if I remember, something like a Jobs Pathways booklet. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. No, I'll get that information. I'll put it in the um, the show notes as well because that's it's really important. And you know, you just what you just said was such the such a simple change with having a male and female toilets on site that it, I can see how easy it is to overlook that because until you said that, my mind was, it didn't need, it wasn't a problem, but it absolutely is. You're right. And yes, I have been to a number of those, <laughs> those site toilets and um, they're not fun for even a bloke. <laughs> and, and credit to a lot of companies as well, as well. Um, you know, in this case, I had one company say we want to get more females into the industry. If you had any suggestions when I was doing a keynote speaker speech um, over that last year, and I said, well, you need to change the uniforms because women don't want to look like they're in a a drab. Yeah. I, I, I want to say something, but I'm not going to say <laughs> it. But, you know, they're all green. You know, um, outfit, and you know, if you look at uniforms, you'll you'll be surprised how many women will want to start entering into that field. Mm. And sure enough, about three months ago, I got a call to say, "Thank you so much for that advice. We changed our uniforms." And um, we've now got an influx of um, 25% more women applying for the jobs as a result. So, yeah, it's just, again, little tweaks. Yeah. Yeah. It's always the little things. And look, it's not, I know we've spoken a lot about obviously um, sites, uh, you know, trades for women and what have you and safety, which is a key issue um, for safety for men as well. But uh, it's also, there's other pathways. They can get into administration and things like that, which is, and then do some study around business and then follow a pathway similarly to yours too, end up being a general manager of a building company, right? Correct. Yeah. And yeah. you just determine I've always said follow your dream find out what your dream is what do you want to do then work out how you get there and and surround yourself with the people and the skill set and the knowledge that can Mm. get you there and it might be a stepping stone like you talk about um, people changing jobs every two years well if you go into a role and then and then 
work your way up to other roles, um, that pathway, you know, is great for stability, great for um, surrounding yourself with a um, you know, family mentoring network. Um, and you can go anywhere from, you know, the administrational roles from interior design to supervisor or schedulers, mm. um, accounts, drafting design, um, estimating, anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it's a, it is a wonderful industry. I mean, I started in that industry in 1998 when my father was in building and, you know, diversified. Yes, I've had a lot of different roles, but it's been predominantly in the same field. And it, it's, it is exciting. It is a great industry. It's fun. Um, and, yeah, and yes, you can make a lot of money out of it and have a great career as you've, you've demonstrated. So tell me, we've had something pretty big happen over the last couple of days, obviously the federal budget, and I don't want to really talk politics too much, but I know you have a couple of viewpoints. And a lot of it was good um, for the building industry. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I know we've got um, across different states, different issues with trades and materials, and we build a little bit differently. And I know that's another, we could do a whole podcast around that as well. Um, where do you see it and how does it placed us in, as, as far as the building industry? Well, I think the biggest challenge the industry's got is skilled labour. Mm. Um, and being able to get there, there is not enough people in the whole of Australia to actually fill the roles that the industry needs. Yep. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter how much a consumer begs and pleads to build their house faster, you cannot create a roof carpenter. Or you, and the only thing that's going to fix that is time. So everyone's in a, a queue and then to go from that one to 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 that one. So the skilled labour is the, the um, biggest challenge. Um, the opening up the borders to let, um, you know, the visas, um, more, I suppose, skilled labour come in. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is where you're going to house them. So um, there's, I suppose, a lot more challenge that's kind of come from implementing one thing to fix one thing to how that plays out. Um, that's one of the reasons I'm going over this week over east to um, really delve into how that's going to play out. Um, but if we can get the trades to actually um, into the state um, to be able to build all these homes, I think there was, what, 500,000 um, homes that needed to be built um over the course over the course of a period of time, I can't remember exactly how much it was. I'm just trying to trying to remember, refresh my notes there. Uh, the industry is facing the labour shortage right now. We need over the next five years five thousand workers nationally to meet our growth projection. So that's huge. Yeah. And the the the, the problem is we're not breeding enough. <laughs> so <laughs> in Australia, we're not having eight kids. You know, anymore. I thought the COVID having, baby boom was good. <laughs> you're having one or two children. So Australia is never going to be able to fulfil what it needs to fulfil. So the only way to, to, to help the economy is to source people from other countries. I think we might have heard it first, uh, folks. Paula West <laughs> has just solved <laughs> the problem. You've had it so true. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. No, but look, it, there are some good initiatives. I think you're right. It's not a, it's not a quick fix. It's going to take a long time to fix, but we're moving towards it, which is positive. 
Now, talking about positive, what what about you moving forward for the future um, with um, Inspired? Where what 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 that you can share um, that you'd like to? What what's next? So I suppose um, every building company kind of shifted over the last three years to be able to pay for the, the building bonuses and the federal grants and everything like that because they were everyone builders were trying to to stop numbers to only be able to build what they could and then they had consumers begging because they wanted to get into the industry and then, you know, you have the conversation that if you come in, there's going to be a time lag and then the West Australian actually said on the front page three years to build a home to kind of like advise consumers it was going to take a period of time. Um, I think everyone forgot about that three years <laughs> because everyone still wants the home. Um, but the the... A lot of builders and ourselves included have gone back to exactly what we like to do and what our model is. So, um, you know, for Inspired Homes, first home buyers isn't normally our market. Obviously, the building bonuses actually pull, pull all of um, that clientele out of the woodwork and, and everyone wants to help everyone. So if you get someone into a home, you're going to help get them into a home. You know, that's, that's what we are passionate about. Um, so we'll do a bit of alignment to, um, you know, bring us back to our true core with the type of work that we do. Um, and we've already started that transition um, now. Um, we're back to the size of the, um, the staff that, um, you know, su that suits our model. Mm -hmm. So now it's just making sure that our customer service and help the clients that are still stuck on site, waiting trades, and keep those communications up. And, um, you know, try to um, remind them that, you know, in five years' time they'll be telling this story to their children and in 10, 15, they'll be telling it to their grandchildren. Because I remember I waited I waited six months for my roof because when I built in 2000, we not only had GST but we also had um, roof tilers go on strike. Mm. So everyone has a bit of a story to tell when they're building a home. But, you know, once you're in there, that's all kind of like, by the wayside and you'd be alive. Um, but, yeah, and what with me, I just want to continue to give back to industry. I want to continue to mentor and make sure I can share my knowledge with as many people as possible um, to make their pathway smoother. Um, and, you know, we're not going to be around forever. There's one thing, you know, we're all going to go one day and I just want to hope that my legacy is that um, all my knowledge is being passed on to others so then it makes their pathway smoother um, and they're following their dream because I've always said be true to yourself, follow your dream, don't be someone else's chess piece, um, make sure you end up where you want to be and not where others want you to be. So, but, I mean, you know, I've always believed that children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I, I was really excited and um, you've just given so much information, so many tips for young people looking to start a career. I mean, obviously in building, but the tips and advice you've given could, could go across any industry, you know, to, to do exactly what they want to do. How can, how can people get to talk to you if, they, if you're open to that? Um, where can they contact you? Um, yeah, so I'll probably, oh, I've got a lot of little link, LinkedIn. You're more mm -hmm. than welcome to tap into me LinkedIn. Yep. I have a lot of people contact me via LinkedIn, um, asking me to mentor them or guide them. Um, I'm part of a mentoring program on Women Building Australia that you can tap into, and that's a really good mentoring program. You actually get buddied up with somebody 
you put all the skill sets that you want to learn and you get buddied up with somebody that has that skill set. Um, so I really encourage people to um, tap into that because you know you, you learn so much and you can be a mentee or a mentor and usually some people I've mentored are now mentors. So yeah. um, again, it's you know it's, um, there's different opportunities for, for different people. All depends what they're looking for. But yeah, LinkedIn. If anyone wants um, to connect, I'm more than welcome to um, open up that forum for them. Fantastic. I'm sure many people are going to reach out to you, Paula. <clears throat> Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Um, I know you're, off, you're going to be off very soon. You've got a busy few months ahead of you, so um, I appreciate you fitting me in. Um, and take care, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you very much, Nick. Thanks, Have a great Paula. day. You too. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'm truly grateful and hope you got value out of it. If you did, please share it around and tell somebody else and help us bring this amazing information to others. If you know of anyone you think could add value to the show, please feel free to get in touch. I'd love to learn about them. Today's episode is brought to you by Sunel Recruitment. I am the founder and director of Sunel Recruitment. We are your personnel partners for amazing talent in the property, real estate and building sectors. If I can help you in any way, please get in touch at the contact details in the show notes. And remember, we can all learn so much from each other if we just learn to help each other. I'm Nick DeRosso. See you next time.